Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching a special topical study of the Holy Spirit, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. The misuse of authority causes a lot of problems. And the lack of submission and understanding authority causes a lot of problems, whether it's in the home or in the church or in the city or in the country or in the world. God is the one who established authority, not man. Authority is from God, not man. God set things in order. Our God is a God of order. Go look outside. Things are in order. We're in order right now. We're all, gravity is working. We're all down here on the earth. Gravity is working. Listen, if you don't see that and you don't see, if you see anything other than people here, say no to drugs. (laughs) Amen. Because order is at work right as we speak. Order, the second law of thermodynamics is order. It says that everything goes from better to worse. Things are new and then they're old. That's the second law of thermodynamics. Things go from better to worse. So that that beautiful car that you got, someday it's going to be somebody's Coke can. Somebody's Coke can of soda because it's going to rust because of order. People go from babies to older people till someday we're with the Lord because of order. Order is of God and order is needed in the world and order is needed in the church as well. The Corinthian church, the church at Corinth was out of order and because it was out of order, it was chaotic in their assembling together. And Paul writes chapter 12 to bring order and understanding concerning the spiritual gifts. I need you to look at verse seven. The manifestation of the gift is given to each one for the profit of some. Ah, oh. The word manifestation, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. It means a shining forth. It means to make visible, perceivable, recognizable. The gifts are a shining forth or an expression of the person and the power of the Holy Spirit. In other words, the spiritual gifts are a tangible way for God to be seen. Did y'all hear me? Is a, is, a, is a tangible, the spiritual gifts are a tangible way for God to be seen, not you. Huh? Not you. God to be seen. And so my church background, um, when I first got saved, people were 
using their spiritual gifts. And quite honestly, as I look back on that time, things were out of order and people would always, you know, people would stand up and, and give a word of prophecy and give a word of tongues, speak in tongues, and there would be no interpretation and, and, and things were out of order because they're not obeying the scriptures. And so, and, and people are looking at them. And you almost knew Every Sunday, right about the same time, the same person was going to stand up. Where my people at? The same person was going to stand up and give a prophecy or thus saith the Lord. You can go, all right, in three, two, one, and go. Thus saith the Lord God. Every week it was amazing. And what happens is people start looking at you. And start looking, oh, man, they're so spiritual. Oh, man, they hear from God. That is not the intention of the manifestation of the Spirit. The manifestation of the Spirit is a tangible way for God to be seen, not man. And when the gifts are exercised properly, they manifest God and people see the Lord through them. And it's one thing to have the Holy Spirit living in you. It's another thing to have the Holy Spirit flowing from you. When the Spirit is in you, there will be a manifestation of the Spirit. Paul tells us what that manifestation looks like. The manifestation of the Spirit is first up the word of wisdom. Now, let me just point this out. Listen to me close. There is a definite distinct difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is the accumulation of facts. Wisdom is the proper use of those facts. Knowledge tells you that little black animal with the white stripe down his back is a skunk. Knowledge tells you that that skunk can emit a pungent odor. Wisdom tells you to get out of there. Amen. Knowledge tells you that that coiled up rattling thing is a snake. Wisdom tells you don't try to pet it. Wisdom is the application. Write that down. Is the application of knowledge. And unfortunately, some of the smartest, most knowledgeable people I know ain't got a lick of wisdom. Amen. Who know what I'm talking about? Who know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, some of the smartest people, I done five PhDs, they don't have an ounce of wisdom just because you have knowledge does not mean you have wisdom. Paul says to one is given the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom isn't, listen to me close, isn't a vast tank of wisdom that you can draw from anytime you want. Paul's talking about a gift. Are y'all getting that? Paul's talking about, are y'all getting that? Paul is talking about an anointing of the spirit. Paul's talking about a wisdom that comes upon you in a time of need. It's a supernatural wisdom. I like to call it supernatural common sense. God gives supernatural common sense to rightly apply knowledge in a given situation. Here's a definition of the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God. It is a God-given ability to receive from the Holy Spirit a revelation of what to do about a particular situation once you know the facts. The word of wisdom, let me read it again, is a supernatural revelation by the Spirit of God concerning the divine purpose in the mind and the will of God. It is the God-given ability to receive from the Holy Spirit a revelation of what to do 
about a particular situation once you know the facts. The word of wisdom is the word, or in the Greek, it actually reads a word of wisdom, a word of wisdom. It's like, the idea is like, it's a fragment of God's wisdom. It's not human wisdom, that wisdom that comes from the human intellect. It's wisdom that comes directly from God. Notice the Bible says, that doesn't say the gift of wisdom. Notice that. It doesn't say the gift of wisdom. It says the word of wisdom. The word of wisdom is not a gift of wisdom. It is a gift of the word of wisdom. In other words, God will send someone at a specific time with a specific word that will speak to your specific situation. Who knows what I'm talking about? God will send someone at a specific time with a specific word that will speak to your specific situation. Yesterday, I am typing this part of my sermon. I am literally typing, God will send at a specific time, a specific word for your specific, at that very moment, a Facebook message pops through from a sister who said she had been praying about, because I had been talking about asking God, about your gifts and, and, and what you should be doing for the church and for the kingdom the last time that we were together. And she said she had been doing that and she wanted to sing for the Lord. She sent me a Facebook message. I'm not kidding you. At this very moment. And she said she wanted to sing for the Lord. And so she said, uh, she told her dad and, and he looked at her like she was crazy or she didn't really, you know, he didn't receive that. And she talked to her mom about it and her mom was excited and encouraging her. And then they were at, at McDonald's that they had never been to. And a man walked up to them that they did not know. They had never obviously seen this man before. And he says to her, um, you have been struggling with your gift and what you're to be doing for the Lord. And God wants you to use your gift for his glory. God wants you to move forward in that gift for his glory and, 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 and be used of God in that way. She said she was blown away by that. I am blown away by that because as I'm typing this very statement that God will send someone at a specific time with a specific word to speak to your specific situation, God sends me an, an example through Facebook. Isn't that awesome? God is good. Facebook can be good. It can be. Amen. For, for the most part. Amen. See, see God will do that. And, and right at your situation, God can use anyone to give you that word of wisdom. And he can use your mother, he can use your grandmother, he can use your father, he can use the pastor, he can use anybody. Ladies, listen, wives, God can speak through your husband. Say amen, ladies. Some of y'all didn't say it. Husbands, brothers, gents, God can speak through your wife. Y'all know. Amen. Some of y'all didn't say it, but that's all right. I, I, I hear you. God can use anybody. And when you don't receive the word of wisdom, you're fighting the work of the spirit in your life. 
If it's truly from God, listen, the word of wisdom will line up with this book. If somebody comes and tells you something that does not line up with this book, it is not from God. It is simple as that. God's word through someone will line up with what the scripture says. It may not be verse by verse and verbatim for words, but it will line up with what the Bible teaches. And if it does not, then it's not from God because true wisdom comes from the Lord. Somebody say amen. As a matter of fact, put your Bible down, clap your hands for the Lord right there. Will you do that? True wisdom comes from God. Uh, Proverbs, come on, keep up with me. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise counsel, you will wage your own war. And in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. True wisdom comes from the word of God. And that's why we need to listen to wisdom. Listen to this story from Paul Harvey. And he tells of a middle school in Oregon. And they had a unique problem. A number of the girls were putting on their lipstick in the bathroom, and that was okay, that was fine. But after they put it on, they would press their lips up against the mirror, leaving lip prints. They asked uh, them to stop on several occasions without compliance, and finally the principal thought something has to be done. And so she called the girls to the bathroom, and she met them with the school janitor, and she explained that all the lip prints were causing a major problem to the janitor, who had to clean the mirrors every day. To demonstrate just how difficult the mirrors were to clean, she asked the janitor to clean the mirror. He took out a long-handled squeegee and dipped it in the toilet and then cleaned the mirror. <laughs> Needless to say, no more lip problems on the mirror. You got, you got to listen to wisdom. Somebody say amen. Listen to wisdom. And then listen, a classic example of the word of wisdom comes from, a classic example from the, of the word of wisdom comes from the wisest man on the earth, except Jesus, who was the wisest man on the earth? Solomon, you know that. First Kings, great story, read it. First Kings chapter three, write it down, read it in your own time. First Kings chapter three, two women came to Solomon claiming to be the mother of the same child. And the truth is, one mother rolled over and suffocated her baby during the night and stole the other woman's baby. So they had a dispute. Whose baby was it? And Solomon said, bring me a sword and I'll cut the baby in half and give half to each mom. And so the false mom said, great, let's divide him. And the real mom said, no, let her have the child. That is wisdom. I don't care how you look at it. I don't care how you slice it. And I don't care how smart you are. You don't come up with a solution like that unless it comes from God. That's wisdom. That's a word of wisdom. Acts chapter six, we don't have time to look at it, but in Acts chapter six in the New Testament, there's an example of the word of wisdom. And if you really want to see wisdom in action, look at Jesus. Proverbs chapter nine, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Lord of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. James 1, 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives liberally to all without reproach, 
and it will be given to him. Let's move forward. Not only the word of wisdom, but secondly, the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge. The word of knowledge, like the word of wisdom, isn't a vast reservoir of knowledge that you can tap into anytime you want. Again, it's a gift, not the accumulation of information. It has nothing to do with learning. It's not about having knowledge of the Bible. It's not about being well-read and well-traveled. It's not the accumulation of information, but of spiritual revelation. It's a gift of the word of knowledge. And here's the definition of the word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is a supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. It's the God-given ability to receive from God by revelation the facts concerning something that is humanly impossible for us to know anything about. The word of knowledge is supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. It is the God-given ability to receive from God by revelation the facts concerning something that is humanly impossible for us to know anything about. A word, listen, here's like uh, eighth grade grammar. A word is a fragment of a sentence. That's eighth grade grammar, yes? Probably college level stuff by now, but eighth grade grammar, when I was growing up, is a word, it's just a fragment or part of a sentence. A word of knowledge is just a fragment or a part of God's knowledge. He gives us a piece or a fragment of his knowledge regarding a particular situation or circumstance. The word of knowledge is a gift, a manifestation of the spirit that oftentimes operates without you even knowing it's operating. You don't know how you know what you know. You just know that you know. Did you pick that up? You don't know how you know what you know. You just know that you know. And God just tells you things that's just humanly impossible for you to know. Now, listen, young folks, this one's for you. All parents have this gift. Amen. Amen. Parents, where you at? Don't leave me out here. Where you at? Amen. Don't leave me. I'm trying to help you. All parents have this gift. How do I know that? Because when your parents, how many times it happened? When your parents yell at you or saying something to you and then you walk down the hall mumbling, razzum, 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 and then your mom go, what you say? So what you say? I slap you the next week, boy. What you say? See, they know stuff. It's God. It's the Lord. In the life and the ministry of Jesus, we see a word of knowledge. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said, fellas, what's the word on the streets about me? Who do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they said, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elijah, and some say you're Jeremiah. And Jesus said, but what do you say or who do you say that I am? And Peter piped up, you know, he said, you are the Christ, the son of a living God. And Jesus said, Pete. You didn't come up with that on your own. That was revealed to you by the Father who is in heaven. That's a word of knowledge. The word of knowledge is information and revelation that God gives to his people for a specific purpose and reason. You know, it happens all the time when I'm preaching. Many times after a service, you know, some guy, I just remember over the years, so many guys, especially guys kind of, they come up to me after service and they, you know, I've been preaching and I'm saying something and I'm just preaching the word of God. I'm not thinking about any one person, generally never thinking about any one person. 
just teaching and preaching God's word. And a guy will come up to me and he'll go, and my wife's been talking to you. And I'll go, uh, no. And who are you? I don't even know who you are. I mean, no, because a word of knowledge comes just like that. Again, you don't know how you know what you know, but you know. And God just speaks as the pastor is preaching the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit that God just gives you that knowledge about a situation. And what has freely been given must also be freely given to others as the spirit of God leads. Well, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the gift of faith. Let's move on. The gift of faith. Now, you got your pen? There are three principal kinds of faith. Three principal kinds of faith. Number one, there's natural faith. Number two, there's saving faith. And then thirdly and finally, there's supernatural faith or the gift of faith. There's natural faith, saving faith, and supernatural faith. The gift of faith is not natural faith. The gift of faith is supernatural faith. Natural faith we find in Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Paul says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one. Can somebody read it with me? Each one, a measure of faith. We all have natural faith. Listen to me. We all have natural faith. We're born with natural faith. We all have it. We all use it every single day. As a matter of fact, you're using natural faith right now. What are you talking about, Willis? You're sitting in a chair. Sitting in that chair, you are trusting by faith that that chair is going to hold you up. You're using natural faith right now. When you board a plane, do you know you are having tremendous faith when you board an airplane? <laughs> Amen. You, there's tremendous faith. You, did you give the pilot a breathalyzer? Did you give him a drug test? Did you give him a psychological eval? He might be crazy. You don't know. You get on a plane, sit down, put your headset in and go to sleep. You don't know if you're going down, man. You don't know. You're trusting that the man is sane and that you are going to get where you're going to go, where you want to go. If you eat at Golden Corral, you are exercising enormous faith. Am I right about it? That's okay. That's enormous faith. That's the kind of faith that moves mountains. I am telling you, I remember years ago in our church um, when we had like, like 20 or 30 people or something like that, and, and like at the end of service, I'd go, and so some of you have been around here for like 15, 17 years, you know, I would say, um, hey, well, you know, we're going to go to Golden Corral. If you want to meet over there, we're going to meet up at Golden Corral. You know, 30 of us might meet over there at Golden Corral. And we used to go there as a church every Sunday. We did that. Remember, we used to go there every Sunday for like a year or two. And um, that's when I would eat that kind of food. Now it's like, ugh. I mean, ugh. Ugh. I mean, if you ever, if I remember the setup correctly, the kitchen door was right there where they cut the roast beef or where they have the meat, the, 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 the steaks and stuff like that. It's right there and they're coming out with the food. If you ever stand there and watch that kitchen door open, you will never go back. 
you will never go back. There will be the end of your faith right there. <laughs> you will never go back. I mean, it's like the, have you, the kitchen floor is like, okay, that's nasty, okay? No, 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 no. That's evil. That's not of God. Now, our front is all cleaned up. It is enormous faith to eat at Golden Corral. Amen. Here's the definition of the gift of faith. Got a pen? Write it down. The gift of faith is faith that comes from the Lord in a supernatural way. It extends exceedingly abundantly above and beyond natural faith. The gift of faith is faith that comes from the Lord in a supernatural way. It extends exceedingly abundantly above and beyond natural faith. Supernatural faith, the gift of faith, some theologians call it, write it down, special faith, special faith. The gift of faith is the God-given ability to believe for the impossible. The gift of faith allows you to step out and do things that seem crazy to other people. The gift of faith is when God gives you incredible certainty that he's doing the work. The gift of faith is the kind of faith that you know, that you know, that you know in your deepest knower that God wants you to do something. That's the gift of faith. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.